And welcome to the Coach for Tutors podcast, where we grow your tutoring business with each episode. My name is Michael Gibbon, the founder of the Coach for Tutors podcast, and today I'm here with my special guest and friend, Crystal Weber. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's great to have you here today, Crystal. Uh, so Crystal is going to be sharing with us today the secrets to providing exceptional online tutoring experiences, which is pivotal to having a successful tutoring practice. So for those who are listening in, a little bit about Crystal. As an experienced secondary English language teacher and linguist, uh, Canadian Crystal Weber segued into the online ESL industry in its early days, first as a contracted teacher, then as a freelancing teacherpreneur, and most recently as founder and MD of Crystal Clear ESL. She now supports thousands of ESL freelancers in launching and building their own online businesses with the provision of dynamic, interactive teaching materials through her esteemed curriculum membership service. At this, in conjunction with running a busy UK household of three children and two dogs, together with her German husband and traveling the world as much as they possibly can. Welcome again, Crystal. Wow, that was a mouthful of an introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so for Crystal, I, you know, for those who are listening, can you tell us more about your experience as an online tutor? How, how did that come? What's your origin story? How did that come to be? Well, I think like many other university graduates, when I finished my Canadian undergraduate degree in English Lit, I kind of didn't know where to go with it. What I didn't want to do right away was jump into more, you know, postgraduate study. So I decided to teach and travel. I went to Japan for two years and taught um, English as a second language to preschoolers, which I loved. And I met my husband there. So it was like a super double whammy. And um, together we moved to Europe where I did eventually train as a secondary English teacher. And I have to admit, I absolutely hated it. (laughs) I managed to last a mere five years. And then I took a career break for kids. And um, finally, when I was starting to become more open to going back to work, I noticed that the ESL industry was really making moves to online. And I thought this is the the best opportunity ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have the flexibility of being a stay-at-home mom and work while the kids are in preschool or school. I could still co- go back to my roots and do what I loved with the ESL teaching and be my own boss in a sense. So I, I started out contracting with three companies and Then the pandemic hit and my husband unfortunately lost his job. So I upped my hours like crazy and was just doing like 12 back-to-back classes every day and um, facing burnout really quickly. So I realized that I was never going to make our mortgage payment teaching as a contracted ESL teacher. And I began to segue to freelance which was fantastic, but didn't replicate that feeling of freedom because there's so much background work that goes into being a teacherpreneur, as you know, Michael. (laughs) Absolutely. And the biggest thing is I looked around online for some sort of curriculum that replicated what I was used to with VIP Kid or Magic Ears. And there was nothing out there in terms of curriculum for freelance ESL teachers. And there may have been the opportunity to obtain some scanned digital copies of textbooks, but it was a digital age and I wanted to see my curriculum offering move on from a scanned text page. 
so I decided to pool together all my skills and all my experience as a teacher and create one myself. And this is where Crystal Clear ESL was born because I now offer a core curriculum of about 700 lessons that other ESL teachers can subscribe to use and make their lives so much easier without, you know, hours and hours of preparation and planning. So, um, I'm now, you know, bringing that forth, forth even further by branching out into an academy. So bringing on other teachers that teach the curriculum under my banner. And one thing that I've learned to make that successful or freelancing in general is it's down to three key factors, really. You need student recruitment, you need student conversion, and you need student retention. But all three of these rely very heavily on high quality customer service. So that's why I wanted to come on with you today, Michael, and talk about customer service as a freelance ESL teacher, because it's just so important. And the way that you know that your customer service is really good is by how many long-term students you have. It's not down to how many students are in your funnel. It's not down to many, how many trial lessons you do. Maybe you're offering them for free and other teachers are, are charging. It's not down to how many conversions you have because maybe you're offering discounts to get students on board. It's not even down to how much you earn because your niche may pay far greater or less than and other teachers. It's literally how long the students are happy to stick with you, in my opinion. Absolutely. And that's, you've hit the nail on the head. And I definitely, for listeners, please take note of that. Like if you are providing an incredible experience, the relationships you build in your tutoring business are the lifeblood of your tutoring business. And like Crystal was saying, it doesn't matter, you know, how much or little you charge or any of like any of those other factors or how or what kind of amazing funnel you have. Having those things mm-hmm. are good. They're yes. important. But you got it. You have to really get to that relationship level. So, Crystal, could you tell us what are some of the ways that you provide the, the five star customer experience? Well, I think first it's important to know what the benefits of that five-star customer experience are and like why we all want it and need it in our teacherpreneur careers. And those are that your students will like you and they will talk about you in their social and professional circles, that you will earn more trust from your clients so that they will feel more at ease with doing just that talking about you and therefore they will refer you within those circles. Also by having great customer service, you're building an air of prestige around your offering. So students begin to feel like you're taking courses with you is more dear. This is a a UK term that we use as in more, um, better to have sort of thing. This prestige is there and they they want to be with you. They want to slot themselves into any last remaining time slot you might have and adapt to your needs because there's this level of prestige, which then, you know, down the line would allow you to raise your fees as well. So I have a lot of ways, Michael, and suggestions for how you can do all of that. In fact, I have seven. <laughs> do we have time for them all? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get a great summation of these seven uh, these seven okay. ways. 
Okay, cool. So the first one is thanking your customers. So when I talk about thanking, I'm talking about in words and in deeds. For example, uh, with correspondence to them. So keep it regular and also with tangible giving. For example, um, you can create reminders to send out seasonal cards like I know in um, Japan, they love New Year's cards. They didn't really do Christmas cards, but everyone sends out a, like a New Year's e-greeting or a physical card mm-hmm. um, in the new year. It will differ country to country, but, um, and birthday cards, you can offer referral bonuses to thank them for referring you. You can offer social groups. So um, one cool idea that I heard of was, when you teach students, for example, you presume that the parents have some value in learning English and maybe don't have so many opportunities to use it themselves. And so you create like a monthly social hour for the parents. Maybe it's free, maybe you charge, but you're also welcoming them into the fold, feeling like they're getting some value for the money they're investing in their children. And um, you could make it really informal and have like a games hour, for example. So that would be a little thank you that you could provide. The second one, my second tip is about personability. So you've already brought the sparkle, as I like to call it. You've wowed them with your, you know, teaching prowess and professionalism and knowledgeability. You've already got that in place, but now you've got to keep it up. You have to keep that level of professionalism and punctuality and timeliness. You have to ask questions and be interested in them. It's like going on a date for every lesson. You know, nobody wants to go on a date with someone and listen to them only talk about themselves. And it's even more true for an ESL teaching environment or any tutoring environment because the student output is the key to progress. So you're asking them questions and in turn, getting to know them, which feeds back into that personability. So my third tip for five-star customer service is in communication. This is especially important for my industry and in, in ESL, because you need to remember at all times that anything you're putting out there is going to be translated in most cases. And so it needs to be clear, concise, and error-free. This again links into the professionalism side because you are coming at your students as an expert, as somebody who is well-educated and a leader in their field, you don't want to come riddled with errors. So Mm -hmm. it's just really important to have that professional level of communication at all times. You also need to remember communication wise that not all your clients will have time for lengthy newsletters or emails. So Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I I just know as a mom of three kids, sometimes I get three, four emails from my kid's school per day. And I think, my goodness, I need a personal assistant just to deal with my children's schooling. (laughs) I don't have time to read them all. (laughs) But, you know, you have to make time for that. Anyhow, um, a next communication point is about reminders and auto send. So it doesn't all have to be laborious. You can use apps and set a calendar or an alarm to remind yourself to do things so that you're not forgetting anything and so that it's all streamlined. And to provide your students or your clients with adequate notice periods for changes that you're going to make or events that you're running. So always give them 
plenty of time to sort out their schedules and lots of reminders in the run up too. Mm -hmm. I know that communication is one of your massively strong points, <laughs> Michael. That's one of the things I really appreciate oh, about you. It's like you said, it's absolutely vital to have communication with your families, you know, not just for the reminders and pieces like that, but like you said, it's also just to continue to build those relationships. And to feel like it's an open door too, so that they are not shy to approach you and ask for changes because you don't want to get those students that are dissatisfied with your offering, but too shy to ever say so until it's too late and they walk out the door or they miss an opportunity to refer you. So yeah, it all sort of feeds together. The next point I wanted to make is about the ease of your transactions. And again, this is um, vitally important in my field when you're dealing with international um, payment transactions, because there can be hurdles and roadblocks with that, but you don't want the transaction point to be the place in the funnel where your potential clients drop away. And it's always going to come down to a cost benefit ratio for your student is the cost or the difficulty of proceeding through your funnel worth it compared to the benefit of working under your tuition. Mm -hmm. If it's really difficult for that client to make payment with you, if they have to go way far out of their trust zone with the payment wall that you're using or the payment gateway, then they may turn around and say, well, teacher, you know, Rebecca over here has PayPal set up or has takes card payments or whatever it might be. But she, you know, that client may turn around and go for the easier teacher. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, we already touched on professional conduct, but this is my fifth point in itself. And it's about positivity as well. So you don't want to drag your customers down with your own problems. Your classroom, be it online or in person, is not the place to <laughs> vent your, yeah. you know. Your dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> no dirty laundry. No, oh my gosh, I had the worst day ever. They're coming for a positive experience. So you want to make sure that it's professional, but also warmly professional. Mm -hmm. Don't border into that pally side of things where it's no longer professional. Even when you're comfortable with a student, which you should be, you want to maintain a standard of professional conduct. And that also links into any cultural sensitivities you may need to consider because um, one thing with the China market in ESL is we try to avoid pointing at our screen, for instance, because it's considered really rude in the Chinese culture to point at other people. So that's an interesting one. The sixth point is empathy and understanding, but flexibility, no. And what I mean by this is you should definitely be fair. You should definitely lay out your terms and conditions or your contract or policies, whatever you want to call them. Um, and you should definitely be take into warm consideration extraneous factors that may have prevented your student from paying on time or from attending a class on time or from being 100% focused. However, I don't advocate limitless flexibility. I, for example, letting them get away with that every time or awarding uh, a makeup lesson when they haven't given you 12 or 24 hours notice. At the end of the day, you're offering 
a paid service as a business and your customers will respect you more if you have clear boundaries. <laughs> and the other thing is you should always assume whether true or not that the, the clients will end up communicating. This is especially true if you've had people refer others. And if one student says, oh, I never show up to my lessons on time or, oh, teacher Michael, let me um, reschedule that class even though I didn't show up with no warning. And then, you know, their cousin or whatever, who's also under you, hears this, they're thinking it's a free for all. <laughs> Finding that balance between human relationships and contractual obligations. And it takes time. It, for some people, it's something that might come naturally, but for a lot of tutor, teacherpreneurs, it does take time to develop that, but it's very important to set those boundaries, but at the same time, show you're human as well, because those extreme circumstances do come up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So what I like to think of it is like, don't leave wiggle room on your expectations, right? And then if there, so I'll give you an example of where I did allow flexibility. One of my favorite students uh, went through a phase where they quite frequently student no-showed as we call it, where they don't show up and they've provided no notice. And I, I was of course annoyed. You get ready for a lesson. You make sure that you're presentable and not in your pajamas. You make sure that you all your, your, your computer is on and everything's loaded up properly and you sit there and you wait. And so it is annoying when they don't show up. You've also probably turned down another student in their stead, but this particular parent was rather helpful in referring contacts to me um, as a tutor. So she had referred several. I have a referral policy where they earn a free lesson for with me for every successful referral. So rather than making a big stink and bringing up the fact that they had student no-showed on me, what I began to do was award those referrals as makeup classes for the no-show. So they weren't forfeiting a paid class, they were forfeiting the, the bonus one. class. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I felt like that showed a tiny bit of flexibility, but it wasn't necessarily a full loss on either side. So lastly, my seventh point for five-star customer service is about feedback. And this one's quite dear to me. Um, what I mean by feedback is most likely at the end of every lesson or just after as a tutor, you are um, sending some correspondence back to your student or to their parent or client to say how they did or what they covered, or what the homework is, or what you want them to concentrate on uh, for improvement. And I think this is just like so vital, especially for English language tuition. Um, I don't believe that any student is really going to successfully pick up a language when they work on it for 25 minutes a week. So the feedback is that um, bridge, basically, to home learning. Um, I do have a specific way that I tackle feedback, and that is that I refer specifically to the lesson that we've just had. I pick out key learning objectives or points that we've covered. I try to use a compliment sandwich, so I will purposely um, and really 
great graciously honor them for improvement or success with a particular learning objective, I will then move on to a specific point that they can work on with links to the lesson and advice on how to work on it. And then I come back and add a second compliment. So that makes psychologically the uh, pain point seem less painful. Um, and I really recommend using that. I always thank my student as well for continuing with me. And this is sometimes a bit flowery with Asian students. <laughs> you may not have to be as um, gratuitous with North American students, for example, but I always say something like, thank you for honoring me by allowing me to teach your child or, you know, little Cece or whatever it is. Um, and for, for giving time, thank you for allowing time over the course of the week to complete your homework to such a high standard. And you really want to show that you're proud of them and that their parents have reason to be proud of them. Finally, a huge thing is to highlight the progress they're making. I try to point this out as often as possible because I see progress as the pinnacle of the pinnacle reason why students stick with you is when they see progress happening in their learning. So you want to point out this value of their investment with you. So um, as an anecdote about that, I got a WeChat, which is like the WhatsApp in China, message from a mom one time who said, I've referred someone to you. And I was, I said, oh, thank you so much. And she said, yeah, I was sharing some feedback that you sent Emily. And she was so impressed that she asked for your contact details. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just thought that summed up the importance of feedback so well, because you've made the parents so proud that they've literally passed your words on to encourage somebody else to join you. That is so powerful. And I mean, and these seven ways to provide a five star customer service, like again, listeners, this is gold. These are incredible nuggets that are going to help you take your business to not just the survive level, but the thrive level and really take it to where you want to go with your families and with your clients. And if you have other tutors with your tutors like this, this is a big piece right here to really making that experience holistic and powerful. Crystal, I want to thank you so much uh, for being part of today's podcast. Um, are, is there a way that our listeners could reach out to you? Yeah, you bet, Michael. So my website is called Crystal Clear ESL, and the address is esl-curriculum.com. I have also launched exclusively for podcast listeners, a new mini curriculum. So what that is, it's an intro to every level. There are seven in my core curriculum. It's perfect for somebody new to um, freelance ESL teaching. All the lessons are highly interactive and they accumulate in terms of you know, development on learning objectives. And um, I'm sure that Michael will post the link to join and, and try that out totally free. Amazing. That is very generous of you, Crystal. And yes, all the links are going to be posted uh, below with the podcast. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for having me, Michael. This has been really fun. And I hope that some of your listeners have found it useful. Oh, perfect. And I'm definitely, I'm sure they have. And I, I, I've learned a couple of really great nuggets too. I want to thank you, Crystal, so much for coming in and joining us. This has been the Coach for Tutors podcast. And as always, make it a great day. Mm -hmm.